0: AC Covers Country.
1: Ian. Oh, Ian! How you doing, man? How are you guys, man? I'm good. How are you? Well, we've got you coming to a show at Del Mar Hall on the 29th. And part of the proceeds go into a really awesome organization here in town called Got Your Six, which we raised on the air $27,000. And part of the proceeds from your show are going to help Got Your Six as well. So that's pretty awesome.
0: Awesome, man. That's really cool. Now is the time to to give back to the people and and the things that that need help. So that's awesome that you guys do that. And I'm just honored to be a small part of it, man. We're going to have a blast.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun show because we're still working out some details, but I'm pretty sure we're also going to do the check presentation to Got Your Six on stage.
1: Is
0: it going to be one of those huge checks?
1: Yeah, it yeah it's got to be a big check.
0: <laughs> nice. I've always wanted to hold one of those. Huge That's
1: all. I'm sure we could arrange that. <laughs> so, Ian, you're you're uh, you know, your name's coming up a lot more and more these days. And we're super excited to see that. I mean, obviously, you've got some awesome music. So you talked about this on Good Morning America the other day. We're like, oh, he's on Good Morning America right now. Uh, but the difference between Wyoming country and Nashville country, how would you describe that?
0: Oh, man. Growing up on a ranch in Wyoming in the Rockies, that is truly as Western as it gets. And, um, you know, there's a lot of cowboy influences in my music. But I really think what sets apart Wyoming and the Rockies in general is is the landscape. And that's why people are so attracted to that part of the country.
1: Are you upset about the amount of celebrities that have decided to call Wyoming (laughs) home over the last 10 years or so?
0: Yeah, I think it's a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> I think that Montana has taken the brunt of that. Wyoming is uh, still a little bit more wild. I don't even count Jackson Hole as Wyoming. <laughs> Ge- geographically, yes, it's Wyoming, but uh, but culturally, it, it is not Wyoming. I also encourage them that if you're going to live out there, then... I encourage them to live out there full time instead of just during the three best months of the year.
2: So speaking of being native to the West, give us a rundown of this documentary I'm seeing about Voices of the West.
0: Yeah, so that is a documentary that my wife and I made about Native American cowboys. It really struck me when I came out with my album, White Buffalo, a few months ago, because there's a lot of Native American inspiration in that album. Nashville was like, well, Ian has been all cowboy up until now, and now he's kind of switching to Native American. Don't you think people are going to be kind of off-put by that? and in my mind, they're inspired by the land and by the animals, and that is really the common thread. I think for this documentary, there's a lot of educational aspects that that people are going to learn about, as well as um, bringing light to a people that don't often have that opportunity so i'm very excited to premiere it
1: i've spent a little bit of time though i think the furthest west i've really been other than like california which i don't know i wouldn't really consider that to be like country type of But west. like colorado it's just it's just so beautiful on that side of the country and i, I think it's awesome yeah, that man. you that you bring that appreciation for the land and obviously for the you know native americans and indigenous people that were there before that's awesome
0: yeah, man. Well, thank you. I mean, it's called country music for a reason, right? There's country out there, so uh, so that's really what I what I'm trying to bring back into the format after all these years.
2: Okay, so I gotta ask: Can you tell us about the birth of the belt buckle shuffle and where this comes from?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So when we came out with Cowboy the Killer a few years ago, um, it was right when TikTok was popping off. 2020 elaborate chances on TikTok. I was like, man, I can never learn how to do one of those. Like that is impossible. So what I did was I just asked myself, what's the easiest thing that I can do that is kind of ridiculous, but that highlights what I wear on stage. And, you know, I'm always wearing a bow tie and a belt buckle on stage. So I just grabbed the belt buckle Bring it around town, man, and that's what I—that's uh, what I've done on almost all of our live shows. And the first time I did one, we were open for Cody Johnson, and um, you know, I was like, "Oh man, this is a pretty h- hardcore cowboy crowd, and we'll see how they react." And man, they freaked out and they loved it. So I was like, "Man, if Kojo's fans like it, then I'm <laughs> sure that other people are gonna like it." Too. Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of stuck.
1: That's that's so true. That's awesome. Ian, uh wanna be cognizant of your time here, but I also want to say thank you so much for uh for coming out and playing a show for us. Again, those tickets are on sale. Still, you can get them. uh, it's a it's a smaller venue, so those are gonna be limited. If you wanna see Ian before he pops off and gets huge, now is your time to do that at Delmar Hall ninety-two three WIL.com. Ian, thanks for for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it, man. Hey,
0: thank you for having me, guys. I cannot wait to throw down in St. Louis with you guys. be
2: great. Kelsey Ballerini calling out the Jonas Brothers. She hopped on her Instagram stories Friday and did one of those ask me anything like Q&A sessions with her fans because she was on a plane. Mm-hmm. And she ended up revealing some fun facts about the Jonas Brothers newest song, Strong Enough, featuring Bailey Zimmerman. Kelsey's always been super outspoken about being a Jonas Brothers fan and how just excited she was whenever they asked her to go on tour. I think that was like the summer of 2021. They came to St. Louis Music Park. Yep. And she was like, you know what? I might be on tour with the Jonas Brothers. That doesn't make me cool. I'm still fangirling out every single night behind the stage. I'm still freaking out about it just like you guys. So it wouldn't be surprising if they ever got into the studio together, right? Yeah. So during this Q&A, one fan asked, hey, when's the Jonas Brothers collab? Which led Kelsey to expose exposed that um, it already happened.
1: Oh, really? She
2: replied and she said, to be so honest, I was on Strong Enough, but indeed got replaced. Bailey's sick, though. What? Crying emoji,
1: melted face emoji. Seriously? She was on the song? Yeah. And they... <laughs> Replace her with Bailey?
2: Straight called it out. After listening to the song, I think I can maybe understand why they liked Bailey's voice for this. Because, you know. Something that I think doesn't get talked about often enough is that this happens all the time. They'll start with one artist on a song, and then they'll have, like, five people sample it, and then they'll end up going with someone else. It's kind of the same way if you think about Dustin Lynch. I was just thinking about that weekend. That was originally Lauren Elena on that song with him, and then she got booted for Mackenzie Porter.
1: Gotcha. Maybe they just wanted a dude voice.
2: Maybe they did, and it's kind of a song about, like, going out. And partying and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. It just it it kind of feels like a Bailey Zimmerman song. In fact, it sounds like this. And life
0: is too short to be wasted. So long enough.
2: You know what I mean? Like it just sounds like Bailey fits on
0: it.
1: Yeah. It also sounds a lot like that other song that they did.
2: They all sound the same. <laughs> No, they're all the same. They've got a they've got a sound and they're sticking to it. It's the Joe Bros. But yeah, Kelsey, no. uh, What's the word? Mercy. Just calling it out. I was on the song and they actually uh, cut me, so that's that. I'm still that.
1: stuck on the fact that it sounds like that Waffle House song. It is the Waffle House song. No, it's not the Waffle House it song. It sounds like the Waffle House song. I just
2: told you it sounds like Waffle House because they all have the same song. In fact, if anybody's curious, here it is. Wait. Here we go.
1: I swear to you, it's the same song.
2: Versus. Life is too short to
1: be wasted. it up. Yes. something House. Yes.
2: We got to stop talking about the Jones Brothers. On
1: to you, Joe Bros. The people like, don't care. See what you're doing. Every
2: thought. Of Keith Urban as a bad boy?
1: No, not at all.
2: I don't think anybody really does. Australia. The Aus. Well, uh, he really came onto the Australian music scene in the '80s, which kind of shakes me when I think about it a little bit because I consider Keith Urban a early '2000s country artist, right? Yeah. And as I was looking into him earlier this morning, I realized that it wasn't until 1992 when he finally moved to Nashville. So I'm just doing a little background work here. And this is something I always forget about when it comes to Keith Urban and specifically Morgan Evans. They kind of have to rise in the music industry twice Mm. because they're doing it in their home country of Nashville. And then once you hit, I'm sorry, (laughs) their home country of Australia... But once you hit that whole country and you become a big star over there, your next place to go is Nashville. Mm -hmm. You think about Morgan Evans. he's not like huge over here. Literally married Kelsey Ballerini has lived and worked in Nashville for the last decade and still hasn't quite broken through. But he has a huge following in Australia. Keith Urban kind of went through the same thing. And when Keith Urban was on the, what was it called? Let me find this podcast name. He was on the Talking Junkies podcast and they asked him like, oh, you know, if you weren't doing the same question every artist gets asked, if you weren't doing music, what would you be doing? And he didn't skip a beat when he said, in jail probably, <laughs> because he said that rising in to the music scene in Nashville and the U.S. was so hard that he was leaning on cocaine and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew this about him.
1: Yeah, he, he struggled a lot with that. Through the years.
2: He said he was struggling the most in the 90s and mid-2000s, and he went undergoing, you know, rehab stays here and there. And he said, you know, he probably just would have been in jail, and he went on to explain that the only option was... Music and it was for music to work out because when he realized what a downfall it would have become if it didn't work out and how he would have just spiraled um, into drugs and alcohol even further than he had been, that was the only choice was to make it happen. Yeah, I
1: feel like a lot of these artists, they they end up like music is their outlet. Obviously, that right. becomes their addiction over the other things. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people go. Uh, find sobriety through music uh-huh. a lot of artists and Keith is definitely one of them I think I think he's one of the uh, the few that made it out the other side on like the hard stuff because he was he was going down a path there for a while
2: that's what he made it sound like yeah. and I think that's what surprises me because I think I knew he was a sober artist but we have a lot of them that you might not even realize but I didn't realize it, that he was doing the hard stuff mm-hmm. And in such a pivotal time in his career Like he moved to Nashville in 92 But like I said I think we think of him mostly as an early 2000s artist
1: Yeah And of just an awesome dude like, he's just so fun. And he's so great.
2: <laughs> he's so nice. He's so chill. He just wants to hang out.
1: Yeah, I'm glad he found it. I'm glad he found it. He
2: just wants to get highlights in his hair and <laughs> kiss Nicole Kidman yes. and have fun at shows. So, also glad he find- he's found his way out. This definitely kind of surprised me a little bit. Zach Bryan made history at the Billboard Music Awards. Sunday night was the Billboard Music Awards. And Zach Bryan picked up four trophies in one category. And he did something that's never been done. Before. Zach Bryan won top new artist of the year, and this is a big deal because it's one of the bigger awards for the night. It's like all genre, and a country artist has never won top new artist before.
1: Wow, never? That makes him the first. Congratulations, to ZB.
2: And he is so like, I, I doubt if he was even there last year. He is so new that this is a pretty big feat for him. In addition to that, he also scooped up three more awards in the rock category. Nice. He won top rock Al- artist of the year, top rock album of the year for American Heartbreak and top rock song of the year for something in the orange. I don't know why Something in the Orange Is considered a rock song That's interesting I I can make arguments For like him being A rock artist Or the, the album Being a rock out That's fine But the song I don't get
1: Yeah that's interesting Also was he there do you know if he was I at the think the award show?
2: There, I tr- truthfully I didn't watch it because I
1: know that that was his whole thing. Is what he
2: wasn't going to go to award shows. Award he didn't shows, them. yeah,
1: they're all political, whatever. And now he's winning them, so uh-huh. is he like I'm, I'm still going to put this on the mantle? Wow. Well,
2: I can <laughs> celebrate so but also the Billboard music Awards I think of them as kind of different because a lot of them are based on the charts and the numbers and like the actual spins and streams that things get so yeah. in my eyes it makes it a little bit more credible I could see if he was chummy with the Billboard music Awards um and Morgan Wallen was actually the big winner of the night I'm pretty sure he took home 11 billboard wow. music awards i mean he
1: he pretty much took up a residence on on the charts all the charts you know
2: the top 200 album chart all year long the top 100s all year long he was at the top with whatever yeah. his current single was yeah so
1: shout out to zach bryan and morgan wallen
2: shout out to the boys just bending genre rules everywhere as we end the year toby keith is giving everybody a bit of a health update. He first shared his stomach cancer diagnosis with fans back in June of 2022. I can't believe it's been that long already. And since then, he's been clear about his intentions to heal first, spend time with family, taking it easy, and slowly but surely get back on the stage. And we've seen him here and there. Yeah. He was recently on the Sellout Crowd Sports Podcast where he gave a little bit of an update on the latest with his health. It's a roller coaster all the time with this stuff. I have the resources, financially and otherwise, to get the best treatments I can get. It's got some other kind of treatments, and I'm trying them all. He's trying them all. Nothing really, um... What's the word? Nothing too, like, promising just yet, essentially. But he says he's throwing the kitchen sink at it and um, even in this difficult time, he continues to hold on to the idea that he can use his platform to spread awareness and potentially help others who are fighting simply because he goes on to say, because I have the money to try every." treatment possible then I have the money to like weed out the ones that don't work and I have the platform to spread the word of like okay now I understand what's going on in my body and if this is similar to what's going on in yours let me tell you what's working for me which is super beneficial
1: yeah I think uh anybody who has known someone that's gone through cancer treatment it's very much a roller coaster right it's Numbers are here. They're good. You feel good about it. And then you go in in a couple weeks, they're not the same. Right. You try different treatment, and it's just this whole up and down thing. So uh, thankfully, he's being super open about it. And like you said, he does have all the money. He, so.
2: <laughs> he's got the money, and he's doing what he can. He has a really good analogy about cancer, too.
1: The Cancer's an island,
2: and you're on a boat, and nobody goes over to that island when you don't have it. And as soon as you crash land on it, there's a lot of boats there. Everybody's got this stuff. If I can survive this and live to tell my story, maybe I can save somebody else's life. Yeah.
1: Hope the best for Toby, that's for sure.
2: He's not letting anything stop him, and he's even hitting the Vegas stage in December for three sold-out shows to end here on a good note. Garth Brooks has a huge weekend ahead. He will open the doors to his friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk for the very first time. Oh. Yesterday on CBS Mornings, Garth said that This is like him paying Nashville back for everything that the city has given him over the years. He bought this three-story, 40,000-square-foot property back in December of 2021. Isn't that wild? I feel like it was just yesterday. I was sitting right there, and I was telling us about this on a Casey Covers Country story. Like, oh, Garth Brooks is going to open a bar.
1: You had all these great uh, appetizers and... Uh, meals that were all based on Garth Brooks songs. Songs, yeah. yes.
2: And if they're not there, I mean, what a what a wasted opportunity. <laughs> well, now it's finally opening, and they're currently hiring. If anybody's just trying to skip town and go be a bartender in Nashville, I looked it up online, and it's a tropical beach theme, which what? hits me as very random. That for is Garth. very random. It, it like when you look at it, I actually thought I was looking at a Florida Georgia line. Logo, it feels very Kenny. Just look up Friends in the Low Places bar, I'm going, and the website will pull up. But I thought, okay, you know, um, it's Garth, so he does what he wants, so whatever. You see it, <laughs> it's so weird, it's so random to me for Nashville. Okay, maybe if it was in a Florida location, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so this Friday night, he'll even be there to play the very first set on stage, and fans. Can only get tickets through tickets through uh, radio stations. In Nashville, are giving away tickets to get in this weekend.
1: This doesn't look like a bar to me. This so the outside of it is all glass, uh-huh. and it's like you said, it's three stories. This to me feels like. Man, for those of you that were around when TRL was huge, yes, it looks like it, it's a uh, it's a Times Square kind of situation.
2: And this is down on <laughs> Lower Broadway, so I'm not quite sure what's around it, but it's not necessarily in the action of like uh, of like. Dirk Bentleys and you know old red and all that stuff. It's, it's a little, it's a little off to the side.
1: Yeah, it's it's still in the it's still in the thick of it.
2: Garth is like the twentieth artist to get their own bar in Nashville. We all know this. And yesterday on C- CBS Sundays, they asked Brooks and Dunn, "Why won't there be a Brooks and Dunn Nashville bar?" And Ronnie Dunn was very honest when he said, "We're just afraid to be in the bar business, and we don't have as much as much money as Garth, so he can sneak around and take risks." That we can't.
1: They are, for a fact, dude sneaking around. Well, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> He's probably in this studio somewhere right now.
2: Oh my gosh! Remy's cracking himself up. We got to get off the air. So, um, yeah, if you're going to Nashville anytime it's in the likely. near future, uh, make sure you stop by Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places Bar and let us know if it if the uh, if the tropical theme is that as awkward in person as it seems online. Blake Shelton's tackled country music, television, and now, he's going Hallmark. On Wednesday, Blake Shelton announced the premiere of his Hallmark movie he produced called Time for Her to Come Home for Christmas.
1: (laughs) My mother-in-law mentioned that he was doing something like this and I go, I did not even know. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that he had his hands in some sort of, you know, Hallmarky kind of Christmas movie.
2: Oh, you bet he does. <laughs> and I'll give you the, uh, I'll set the scene. It's about a young woman named Carly, a young musician who heads to small town America to work with a church choir for the holiday season. But that's when she meets strapping young army veteran who has a talent for singing and the holidays take on a whole new meaning. I'm helping a choir prepare for their Christmas services. It'll be good to get out of town. La 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 la. You have a really nice voice. You ever thought about joining the choir? From executive producer Blake Shelton, time for her to come home for Christmas.
1: So, quite the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to get your butt home for Christmas, okay?
2: Well, actually, this is like a <laughs> series he's kind of made. I I really didn't know it was this deep either. But it's his fifth Hallmark Christmas movie. The first one called Time for Me to Come Home for Christmas, then Time for Us to Come Home for Christmas, Time for You to Come Home for Christmas, and Time for Him to Come Home for Christmas. So now it is finally time for her to come home for Christmas.
1: Oh (laughs) my (laughs) gosh. You have a really great voice. You will
2: not see Blake Shelton in this. He has just produced them. Um, which means, you know, he's paying for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will recognize, I'm pretty sure, Grace Greer of American Idol is in it. I think.
1: Is Candice Cameron in this?
2: I think this is the one with Shanae Grimes. Okay. Of the new 90210 and Degrassi. Maybe that was a different one. I don't know.
1: No Janet Kramer.
2: Janet Kramer's nowhere to be seen. No Candace.
1: Lacey Chaubert. No
2: Lacey Chaubert. Okay. Um,
1: I don't like it ready because none of the Hallmark staples are in any of these.
2: <laughs> hey, it still looks a super Hallmark. This brought up the concept in my mind of, do you think that Hallmark really has their finger on the pulse in the sense that like they have these low budget movies mm-hmm. and now there's such a stigma around them and everybody knows what you're talking about when you say a Hallmark movie or a Hallmark Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Do you think that they've really hit the nail on the head with the, how about we make 60 new Christmas movies a year? They're all going to be capped at $100 production each, (laughs) and they're all going to go wild because everyone who loves Hallmark movies has them on repeat all season long. Next thing you know, you've got Blake Shelton buying into it.
1: It's a, hello. It is a formula that they have it down to, for sure.
2: And, and I it sounds
1: like Blake just takes the same title and replaces a couple words and then got a new movie. New
2: year, new movie. <laughs> And it sounds like they're making... It's
1: time for the dog to come home for Christmas now. <laughs>
2: they're making more money than they lead on it's with not, their pro- production value. It's time
1: for my mother-in-law to come home for Christmas.
2: How, you th- how long do you think it takes to film a Hallmark Christmas movie? Uh, it cannot... couple hours. cannot be more than a couple <laughs> weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they show up to some location. They make it snow.
2: We can knock it out in a day. Yeah.
0: Easy. Casey covers country.